In this interview, we had Nate Daniels, a former professional football player, author, coach, and owner and lead trainer at Daniels Sports Performance. Just a few quick things before we get into this episode. Please subscribe and help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Those of you that are subscribing and leaving comments, we really appreciate it and it's really helping us grow. If you'd like to learn more about the services offered by Numbers Don't Lie and how to highlight your athlete's special skills, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Highlighting the best of youth sports is proudly presented by our national partner, ID Life. ID Life is a health and wellness company that is changing the game with its customized nutrition. Everyone has unique nutritional needs and ID Life's mission is to offer the highest quality products and programs to help you lead a healthier life. What separates ID Life from other nutritional brands is its 100% free ID assessment that is tailored to your unique health needs. The answers you provide generate a confidential report with scientifically backed supplement recommendations, creating your own customized vitamin program. Just visit the website at numbersdontlie.idlife.com and take the free assessment today. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports, where we bring you insights from top athletes, their sports journey, and those positively impacting the youth sports community. If you're ready like we are, let's go. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Nate Daniels, a former professional football player and owner and lead trainer at Daniels Sports Performance. Nate, welcome to Highlighting the Best of You Sports. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're doing really good, um, you know, just trying to keep moving through this pandemic. But uh, we're, sports are starting to open back up, it looks like. So hopefully we'll be back in uh, full gear here soon. Absolutely. Nate, let's start with you just taking a few moments uh, to tell us about yourself, your sports background, and how you help develop youth athletes at your sports performance uh, company. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so as far as my background, um, I was a, a son of an, an Army uh, sergeant, so we moved around a lot. You know, everybody's pretty familiar with the, the Army life as a young person as far as moving um, from different areas and locations. But we put our roots down in Northern Virginia uh, in Fairfax County, and I attended a high school called Fairfax High School up in Northern Virginia, and I was a three-sport uh, guy there, uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, had success on all those playing fields, but experienced my most success on the football uh, field. Uh, you know, was an all-state and blue chip all-American candidate at that level at uh, a defensive back and I also played receiver um, and kick returner. Um, from there, I uh, was blessed to be able to continue my athletic career. was originally going to play two sports at the college level, but once there, I found out, you know, I'm a dime a dozen six-foot guard, but I had a chance to be a pretty special uh, defensive back uh, and decided to just go ahead and focus on that and work on my body and uh, experienced uh, some success at the, the college level as well. Um, you know, was able, went to attended Ferrum College, um, and, you know, I was a very accomplished player there, and uh, from there... Um, had some pro opportunities, uh, was in rookie camp with the Baltimore Ravens and, um, 
was injured and had surgery and rehabbed um, and then went into the Arena Football League for six seasons. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity, great memories to pursue my uh, dream as a professional athlete. Um, after my playing career was over, you know, was inducted to my high school Hall of Fame for athletic achievement as well as uh, my college uh, Hall of Fame, which was an amazing experience and accomplishments. Um, and all those experiences kind of led me to where I'm at today uh, as far as training athletes. Um, so I created Daniel Sports Performance uh, to be able to help athletes uh, achieve their dreams. I was fortunate and had uh, coaches and mentors that helped me along the way and guided me and provided training and, and, and a leadership for me. And now uh, I do try to do the same uh, for them. So there's nothing I'm more passionate about other than competing myself than to getting these young uh, uh, men and women uh, ready to pursue their dreams as well. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, you seem like a very humble person. Um, I, you almost, almost went over the fact that you're in two hall of fame. So, uh, <laughs> I, want to, I want to congratulate you on that. We knew that about you, uh, uh coming in and I, uh, you know, I thought you were going to miss it, but you didn't. And I want to congratulate you. And just, uh, I want our audience to know that you, uh, definitely are an, have been an elite athlete at several different levels, including the pro uh, level, but uh, a Hall of Fame career at any level is, is amazing. And uh, I'm glad you're, you're able to turn it into uh, your business now and working with others and, and giving back. So, uh, Absolutely. Nate, um, I know you identified pressure by parents as a major issue in youth sports. Can you tell us a little more about your perspective on that? Yeah, so that's a, a very deep question, and I'll just try to keep it as concise as possible with that. You know, uh, youth sports have a very special place in my heart. You know, I'm very, very passionate about it because I know how important sports were for me, uh, not only uh, as a way to allow me to um, – gain commonalities with other kids as I moved around um, as an army brat. Uh, it gave me an instant connection no matter what country we were in, whether it was Germany or, or whatever state we are in. It was an instant way for me to make friends and to bond. So as a young person, I saw how it brought people of all colors together, races, socioeconomic backgrounds. So it became very important for me. So as I became you know, older and, and through my playing career, and I'm looking back and now training youth athletes, what I see, especially present day, is you know what I refer to, and some people refer to as the professionalization of youth sports, where the organic um, way of developing athletes has kind of gone by the wayside, and there's a lot of pressure being put on not uh, from the kid internally, but external factors where. Others, whether it be a coach or parent or uncle or whatever, putting pressure on a child to become something instead of just developing a passion for the game and a love for the game, a love for training and practicing. Um, and then if you happen to excel, then that is a byproduct of the hard work and dedication and passion that you've developed through playing. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I see, you know, obviously in my industry, I'm here to help kids to develop their athleticism and, and put them in the best position to win. But I, I try to do that with a healthy outlook and realize that sports is not about becoming a professional. 
Sports is about the journey and what you learn along the way. And professional sports is a byproduct of that, not the other way around. Um, and, and that's kind of what I was referring to with that and, and what I run into. So I try my best to try to frame the sport and I try to help kids to use sports for what they're for. Uh, when sports were originally developed, they weren't made because there was professional sports. It was made for fun. It was made for exercise. It was made for competition. Um, and, and that's what it should be about, I, in my opinion. Someone else may think differently, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. So I try to frame it for kids and try to frame it for the adults so everybody keeps it in perspective and doesn't take the joy out of what it's really about. Absolutely. So to your point about expectations, uh, Nate, um, with me, and this is just an example I have, when I first started coaching my oldest son uh, in t-ball, mm -hmm. the one top expectation I had for coaching and coaching that team was that they develop a love for baseball. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, and I, and I made that expectation very clear with the parents at the beginning that when we get into tournament ball for t-ball, it's ridiculous. People's uh, perspectives are going to change. Ours is going to stay the same. My one goal was for them to enjoy baseball. And looking at my son, he loves sports, period. Like, he just absorbs it. He's the one of my three kids that loves it the most. And when we got to a point where he was – starting to develop and become a good player and me and him between a father son and then a coach and a player were butting heads. I stepped back and said, okay, I I'm done because I don't want to ruin this. Um, you, you know, your love for the game and take it. We'll, we'll go where it goes, but I didn't want to ruin that. So uh, on that, I, can you speak a little bit to, especially at the younger levels, you know, enjoying the game, loving the game and what, advice would you give to parents in setting expectations you know for an eight to 12 year old what would you advise them and what expectations should there be for younger ages um well the first thing that i would say is stop thinking about the end game a lot of parents get their kids involved in sports with this vision of grandeur i don't for lack of a better term like they see them at the college level or catching touchdowns for the dallas cowboys or who whoever it may be they kind of see an end game and just kind of get more in the present and just think about and i try to focus on two things with youth athletes and i call it our junior athlete anything really below the high school level because yeah. it does at certain point sports do get serious we all know that at a certain point but junior athletes below the high school level i want two things to happen one i want it to be as fun as possible because i know if it's fun let's be honest kids want to do what's fun so if it's fun they're going to want to train they're going to want to play they're going to want to practice they're going to want to uh do all of the things that it takes to be great and secondly i want it to be uh learn as much as possible so i want them to develop um, and i want them to learn the game and learn to play the game the right way um, and if you can accomplish those two things uh, as any coach or parent that they have as much fun as possible and that they're learning as much as possible, man, you've really accomplished some things. Um, and really that can happen pretty effortlessly if you get out of your own way. If you take your own visions of grandeur out of it and your own preconceived comparing your kid to other kids or what you think should happen, it can happen pretty easily. Just enjoy watching your kid play. That's it. You don't have to 
beat them up. You don't have to, you know, ridicule them. You don't have to be over highly critical. Just make sure they're having fun and they're learning. And if they're learning and having fun, they will develop and they will end up developing to be the best player they possibly can be because they're going to love it. And we, whatever we love, we're going to put time into. And what we put time into, we become good at. It's not a tough formula uh, to, to, to kind of follow. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I thank you for sharing that perspective. It's, it's very important, uh, especially at the young age as the kids, kids are developing. And, you, you know, if it's going to click, it's going to click at some point where they take it to that next level. But at, right. at the, the younger kids, they need uh, the proper expectations. Nate, how did participating um, in sports in, as a child for you help shape who you are today? Yeah, so I kind of touched on a little bit of it just with the um, – when moving around as, as, an, as an Army child or father of an, of an Army sergeant, we moved around a lot. And so uh, with, with kids, I found music and sports – those are like the two ends, man. If you can have some commonality or you can listen to music or sports, those can give you a way to kind of get to know each other, a way to communicate, even if there's language barriers. And that was the first thing that I noticed. I was blessed with some, you know, obviously some decent athletic ability. So that helps, you know, when you, you can get in a neighborhood and, and they see that. But that was the first thing, how it impacted me personally. Um, also, along with that, um, as I continue to mature and grow, it gave me something positive to channel, uh, to channel uh, uh, my emotions through. So, you know, you know, I found myself as a young kid, um, if, I was, if I was feeling upset, you know, I, I could go practice. If I was happy, it would make me want to go practice more. It taught me how to goal set. Uh, hard work, determination. It also taught me tenacity um, and how to never give up. And, and one of the biggest things I always contribute sports to is it taught me how to overcome adversity uh, because sports is all about a friction and tension and overcoming, rising to challenges, um, getting knocked down, overcoming them. Um, and all of this is taught to a youth athlete subliminally. A lot of it. Some th somehow are blessed with coaches that have a lot of insight and are able to communicate these in, into a, di a way that's easy to digest for kids. Not all coaches are able to do that, but uh, a lot of these things are just literally ingrained just by being around it. The structure of practicing, the regiment, um, the discipline that it takes, uh, the tenacity, the, the ups and downs, you learn so much as a young person. Um, from that. Um, it, it just, I can't even put into words how important it was for me personally. And I think all, all youth athletes, regardless of how far they get or how good they become. Our next question was about character, but you just touched on that. So I, I just want to put a reminder right here in this episode for everyone in my audience to rewind what um, we just went over and, and what uh, Nate was talking about, about building character, working through adversity, those things, you may not know it's being built within you, um, but over time and being involved in sports, it, it, it's a reflection of, of and builds things up inside of you that are, that are going to help you out with your character and, uh, you know, in life in general. Um, and there's so many tenets of success through sports that we learn and you, you learn it, you know, almost subliminally. And um, so I, I would encourage everyone that's listening to this episode to just rewind it for a couple minutes and, and uh, re-listen to that because it was pretty powerful. So th thanks for sharing that, Nate. Oh, no doubt. Thank you. So, Nate, um, 
I don't think you mentioned this again, comes back to your humbleness <laughs> at the beginning, but I don't think you mentioned this, but uh, in addition to be an, a, a trainer, a business owner, you know, former professional athlete, hall of fame, high school and college athlete, you recently uh, wrote and published a children's book. Um, and uh, you did it in six weeks. I understand uh, the name of the book is so you want to be a pro. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the book and who it's written for and wh what inspired it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is it here. I've got it here. So you want to be a pro. Um, so the um, or origins of the, the book uh, and how it was written. Um, I wrote this book in my mind in my probably 10 years ago. It was a thing that is one of those projects that you have and you always know you're going to get to it at some point, but you just never get to it. It was one of those things and I'm sure everybody can relate to that in some way, shape or form. And so the, the story was already written out, but the, uh, obviously with the health crisis, it gave everybody an opportunity to kind of slow down. Um, um, obviously doing what I do, I had to, to close the gym down and we phased back up. So it gave me some downtime to do a lot of professional development in a lot of different areas. And this just happened to be one. So, so you want to be a pro again is, is a story of young Devin um, um, and his pursuit to become the best student athlete he possibly can. I'm always, as, as myself, is always looking for vehicles to reach young people uh, in, in ways to affect them and impact them. And the majority of kids that I, you know, train are normally around 9, 10, and up, all the way up to professional level. And I wanted to try to find a way to affect that entry point. And that entry point is when the dream originally starts. And for any athlete can relate to this, it started very young probably even almost before you could remember uh, where you saw iconic athlete, whether it was Jordan with his tongue out or you saw an iconic team, whether it was the 2000 Ravens or, um, and the, or you got a poster in your wall and that um, flame was kind of lit um, and that passion for sport began to grow. And I wanted to talk about that, what that's like for a kid and then kind of give a blueprint to take kids from where that original um, flame is struck uh, and kind of all the way through and just so they can see what it looks like. And I found with kids, it, uh, in order to be great, you got to see what it looks like. I know I was watching everything Jordan did while he was growing up. I was watching Tiger Woods. You know, you got to see it. And then you see it, that's when you start dreaming. And that's when you start draining that passion. You're like, I want to do that. And then it turns into, I'm going to try to do that. And I can do that, you know, and, and it's kind of like a graduated process. So I wanted to write a book. Uh, that could get in at a lower level right when that starts. Uh, it's written for like a third, fourth, fifth grade level, but I've had kids all the way up to, you know, uh, well, actually adults have said that they absolutely love it, but you know what I mean? As far as the youth, uh, all the way up to the high school level, be like, yeah, this book was hit right on the head. It reminded me of when I was a kid. Every athlete can relate to it. Um, all the parents have been giving me great reviews. And one of the biggest things that they said is that the, the messages are easy to digest. Um, and it not only touches on what it takes on the field, but it takes what it takes off the field. Uh, and that's what I'm most proud of. Because again, lastly, um, I'm all about developing good athletes, but I, I'd rather develop good people. You know, sports only last for so long. Um, but I need you to be a solid person, making good, solid decisions, um, respecting the game, respecting uh, your fellow people, uh, man, and, and just being a, a good uh, contributing person in society. And I, I feel like this book really helps do that. 
that that's awesome and, and and congratulations on you know accomplishing that goal of yours and and I just appreciate what you're doing through sports to develop character uh, for life. Um, and, and that's the one thing about sports is it transcends everything we do and it brings us together. And um, it, it's a, uh, it, it reflects the journey of life. And it, it, again, going back to that building character, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting this book for myself to taking a look at it and and, uh, also having my younger son read it and probably my older son uh, as well. But uh, uh, I'm looking forward to taking a look at it and reading it. Please let me know what you think. Take a picture with the kids with the book. I love seeing that. That's the most rewarding thing, hearing uh, how the kids and the parents like it. That's like the best feeling, better than any touchdown or interception I ever scored, was hearing how it's impacting them in in this way. It's just different. Awesome. Uh, So, yeah. Nate, the name of our company has a deep meaning when it comes to sports. Uh, The name of our company is Numbers Don't Lie. Um, And when it comes to sports – it's a very popular phrase. What, what do you interpret that phrase, numbers don't lie? Um, how, what, what does it mean? Well, there's a bunch of different meanings for me. Yeah. As you know, obviously coming from an athlete, I, you know, I've used it in a bunch of different ways and had it told to me in a bunch of different ways. Um, but from an athletic point of view, how we thought of it is that it takes the subjectivity out of it, meaning that, look, you can think what you want to think. You can have your opinion, but when you look at these numbers, they, they say something and, and they're powerful. Um, and so although, you know, obviously numbers don't lie, they can be interpreted differently because of uh, a, a myriad of different factors. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what it means to me is it's a way to take out subjectivity and to kind of compare, you know, apples to apples. And, uh, and, and that's what it kind of means to me. But again, that's a different perspective. That's coming from a pro athlete. Athlete and it's about productivity and, and things of that nature. It may be something completely different to somebody else. Exactly. And that's why we love it so much. It has so much meaning uh, to us. It means, you know, your numbers are going to tell you, are you putting in enough work? Do you need more work? Right. Um, you know, it's an affirmation or it's a, it can provide you with direction. But I, I, we ask that question of all of our guests, uh, whether it's our youth athletes or professionals, um, you know, people that work, work with youth athletes. And we love just hearing that perspective uh, from everyone. So thank you. It helps you with contract negotiations too. <laughs> yeah, good. very good point. Very good point. So another popular phrase is trust the process. What does that mean? Uh, trust the you, process. You. Yes, trust the process to me is something that I preach in the gym and whenever I'm speaking with youth teams or organizations all the time. Uh, and what it means to me is, is that all we all have in games. We all have dreams. And a lot of times when we dream, we just think about the end. And there's that phrase that I talk about all the time is whenever you see someone on top of a mountain, they didn't just appear there. There was a long ascension uh, to get there. And I know in our, our culture these days, it's everyone thinks everything's an overnight sensation and you see things and you think that they just appeared there, but that didn't happen. Um, and it takes a, first of all, a decision of what you want to do in uh, tenacity of every day uh, trying to get better and to realize that you're not going to be there tomorrow and you're not going to be there the next day. But if you just keep chopping wood day by day by day, week by week, month by month, um, 
you're going to put yourself in the best position to take advantage of whatever opportunities that's supposed to be for you. And that's all you could ever ask for is an opportunity to showcase the work that you've put in. Um, and, and that's what we try to do is we try to put ourselves in position to do that. Uh, and then when we're in that position, try to execute and perform. Uh, and that's what I call trusting the process. Um, that's what I encourage everyone to do. And when you trust the process, you understand during that process, there's going to be some ebbs and flows. That is part of it. You understand there's going to be some adversity. There's going to be some no's. There's going to be some, hey, we're going to cut you from this AAU team and you're going to have to go to another team. Uh, uh, and, and I can give a million different examples, but that's part of the process. That's part of trusting it and, not, uh, and understanding that that comes with it. And if you're not able to withstand that, then you're always going to struggle. Uh, and you have to toughen yourself to be able to uh, anticipate it and then uh, uh, persevere through it. Nate, who inspired you as an athlete? Man, so many. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on. Um, the first person that inspired me that I can recollect was uh, Walter Payton uh, and Sweetness. I, I saw him as a, uh, when I first moved back from Germany, I think I was nine or something like that. And I saw, uh, I saw him run and how graceful and powerful he was. Uh, he was like a ballerina and a bulldog all at one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How humble he was and how people revered him and they talked about him. Um, I just thought he was just amazing. I had a 34 jersey and a Chicago Bears helmet. And I just literally walked around in the house with it on. And he's my earliest earliest I don't even think I was that old I was younger than that I was probably four five actually now I'm thinking about it um and he was my first and then um obviously you see the red and black behind me I don't have to let you know why and Michael Jordan man <laughs> you know MJ anybody anywhere close to my uh age group uh MJ everybody he inspired all of us so uh when I saw his his dog like how tenacious he was and how, how much work he put in, uh, how, um, how he imposed his will uh, on the opposition, how he snatched the will from opposition, uh, the passion that he played the game with and the ferocity that he played the game with, that was everything to me growing up. Uh, so those two guys, but then Pele, I'm a big soccer fan. I was a big Pele fan growing up. Ronaldo, uh, not the current Ronaldo, but the, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Um, for the national team, uh, those three guys, all four guys right there, uh, but definitely uh, Walter Payton for the initial spark into sports and then followed by Jordan, uh, without a doubt. So how old are you? I'm 40, uh, 43 now. I just 43. 43. Okay. I, I, I'm 41. So we grew up yeah. in the same era. Uh, oh, Magic yeah, was my guy, but man, I loved watching the last dance recently with, with, with oh, Michael Jordan. Man. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm in California, so I had magic and, and I, oh man, I, I loved him, but uh, watching uh, that last dance in Jordan, I, I loved it. Every second. I could have watched 10 more episodes. Yep. Ab um, and absolutely. I, and the thing is I'm a Celtics fan. Okay. So like in Europe, I kind of have the same story as Kobe. I don't know if over there and back then they didn't have 24 hour uh -huh. coverage. You know, we saw the NBA finals, you know, it was like Lakers Celtics. Right. Um, and you were either a Laker guy or a Celtic guy. And Kobe was in Italy at around the same time I was in Germany and he was a Lakers guy and I was a Celtics guy. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kobe. Yeah. Um, but, um, and so I'm a hardcore Celtics fan. 
man, but Mike was still everything. He yeah. gave us fits, but uh, you couldn't help it, man. He, his, his whole aura was just out of this world. Yeah, I, I, I knew we were, we were around the same age when you started mentioning those guys and, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, Walter oh, yeah. Payton and, and, and Jordan. So, Nate, how can young athletes best utilize social media in their sports journey? Because it's becoming more and more popular where they're getting on social media. How can they best utilize social media? First of all, it's funny. I talk to my guys about this all the time. So I'm going to start off with what not to do. Yep. And then I'm going to start out with, then I'm going to, I'll finish with what to do if you don't mind. No, absolutely. First, first of all, um, most of the kids that I train or play with or pick up a ball, and I'm not all, but most of them is to play it at the highest level they possibly can. Um, and that usually is not consistent with high school. It's normally they think about college, right? And sometimes they do think about pros, but normally it's college. So first and foremost, my high school athletes, if there are any listening, they are looking at your Instagram pages, the recruiters, college coaches, your high school coaches, but college coaches, they are looking at your snatch. They're looking at everything. Uh, so make sure that anything that does not portray you represents your family, school, yourself in the best possible light please do not put it up there because again, once you put something out, it's out there forever. Um, this generation is very comfortable with the camera in their face. It's almost this, uh, you know, when I was coming through and you were coming through was the advent of reality TV. And that started this whole thing with MTV. What was it called? Real world and all yep. that stuff yep. where we started getting, but they're very comfortable with cameras on them. So they, put stuff up, not really realizing that the dynamics of it. Uh, so that would be first and foremost. Uh, secondly, as far as leveraging uh, social media uh, to market yourself, it's an extremely uh, powerful tool uh, because you're able to put your highlights in your, in uh, tell your own story. Um, and that's what social media, well, social media has done a lot of things, but that is one of the positive things that has done for us. It's allowed us to frame our, our own stories and to tell our story from our perspective. Uh, and that there's nothing like a first person perspective. Um, so I definitely encourage all of my guys to, to make sure that they keep all of their information up to date. Um, they make sure that they have highlights. They make sure that they have uh, um, uh, links to game films, um, links to their profiles with information on how to contact them, schools, statistics, accomplishments, and things of that nature because it's a tremendous way and it's really helped the recruiting process for college coaches to be able to, to pick up on guys that may have slipped through the cracks or to be able to quickly see if this is something I would like to look further into. They're not going to be the end-all, be-all, because I saw you make a couple plays on a highlight tape. Uh, but then on your highlights, make sure that the music is appropriate as well. It, it shouldn't be beat, 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 beat. It should be, you know, uh, something maybe upbeat, but just something that's appropriate so they're not getting a wrong impression of, of what they're saying. Perfect. Yeah. And I have another question uh, specific to videos, but before that, um, so you work with athletes in all, all different sports, correct? Correct. Do you, and each social media channel has a different, um, uh, I guess, purpose, a different use. It may have a different audience. Um, do you see one uh, social media channel being more beneficial specifically for recruitment than any of the others, or would you recommend using them all in different aspects? 
I mean, I'd recommend using everything at your yep. disposal. It's kind of like having a utility belt. You, you know, if the tool, you use the tool that, that you'd like. All the coaches, what I found are on Twitter, though. Um, just about every coach. I've, I, I haven't really met many at this time that are not on Twitter. Now, they have access to Instagram, but they're not always on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But they're pretty much always on Twitter. Uh, so, obviously, Instagram and Twitter would be my um, the first two, and I would use them like a – dual-headed, whatever, dragon or whatever you want to call right. it, um, and utilize both of those and leverage them. They both have um, different uh, ways to use, utilize them, but I would utilize both of those. Yeah, and we're hearing a lot about Twitter, more and more. And, right. you know, as a business, um, we want to be on all, all of them. And we see, for us, for our business, what we do right now, it's Instagram because of videos right. and things like that. But we're hearing more and more from professionals like yourself and those that are in the, the sports world that coaches that Twitter is huge. And it doesn't matter yeah. which sports. We're just, we're just hearing that more and more. So thank you for your insight on that. Right. Back, back to video. So our company, what we do is we've developed a, a system where we can – we, we do the editing part of the videos with the athletes shoot the videos and then we do the final production for them. So the things like you were talking about with the music, clean it up a little bit. Um, we can do short videos or a full highlight video. Um, but uh, what role do highlight or skills videos play in the sports journey and recruitment process for athletes? Um, it's an eye opener. It gets attention, yep. right? So if I'm a recruiter, I'm not going to, um, that's not the end all be all. Absolutely. That's just that's just a way to catch my eye and my attention, uh, because as we all know, as talent evaluators, there's more than your best. I want to see not just your best. I need to see complete game film, and I need to see plays that you didn't make as well. Um, so if I'm recruiting you, I want to see it all. But that is an eye catcher, and it definitely is a way to to open up your eyes and open up doors. And uh, reflecting on what I said earlier, is provide opportunities, and that's all you can ask for is an opportunity uh, and that's what I really feel like uh, the videos help out with is providing opportunities and opening eyes absolutely and that's what uh, we tell our clients to it gets your foot in the door it gets you right. noticed but it's only a small piece to the overall journey of your you, you know your sports journey and especially if you're looking at the recruitment process you got to right. put in the work um, and your work will show on the video, but you still got to do that because it, it's the video piece is just a small piece of, but you want to have it. You want to make sure you have it. So you're not at a disadvantage either. And it enables you, especially with Twitter um, and Instagram, it, it, it enables you. And especially right now with, with COVID-19 where coaches can't get out, it, it enables you to get to coaches everywhere um, right. and to, to be seen everywhere. So uh, that, that's what we tell our clients as well. Okay, Nate, uh, we're down to our final rapid fire questions if you're ready. Okay, great. Go for it. What's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Uh, listen, you know, uh, listen. Uh, you, you learn more by listening than you do by speaking. Um, and I learned that at a young age. Again, I'm a uh, son of an army uh, a sergeant, and uh, you have to listen to your people uh, because information is the, the biggest tool of a leader. In order to make decisions, sound decisions, and decisions that will move your organization forward, your company forward, your team, you could be a team captain, whatever leadership role you're in, even a parent, uh, it, it allows you to make good sound decisions and without listening you'll never get that information a lot of leaders fault two ways one they have a huge ego which as a leader you're a servant you're not 
I'm a leader. You don't say I'm a leader. You just, you, you, it's action. Uh, you do it with your actions, not by just because you have a title. So uh, they, they have an ego and then that ego doesn't allow them to listen. Um, and, and when they don't, they're only going to be a detriment to themselves making decisions. And it's also going to um, the people that, that are helping you to be successful. It's going to ostracize them and, and deter them from fulfilling their potential in whatever role and uh, whatever capacity that you're speak, we're speaking about. Uh, so that's the biggest one. You, you got to listen. Who's your favorite athlete and why? Uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, there, I have so many athletes and I've taken so many pieces of their game and I'm a sportsman. I played every sport to this day. Soccer is my favorite sport. Um, but uh, uh, Michael Jordan growing up, he, you know, I, like I touched on before his tenacity, his work ethic, his dog, his fight, um, his aggressiveness. I, I took a big part of that and applied it to my game and all of the sports that I played. Who's your favorite coach and why? Wow, my favorite coach. That is a great question. Right now, it's Dabo uh, up, in, um, up in Clemson. I, I love his perspective. Uh, I, I, when I'm looking at a coach, I look at the players. I look how they respond to them. That's a, that tells me everything I need to know about a coach. Yeah, you can just focus on the coach, but when you look at the players, not just how, uh, uh, the, the way they win games, but how they execute in high leverage moments, their discipline, how they conduct themselves on and off the field, how they speak with him, how they speak about him when he's not there. All of these things tell me, I just think he's cool. I love his perspective, how motivational and aspirational he is. I love his football mind. I love the way his players respond to him, but man, I feel terrible for just naming him. There's so many coaches, but right now that he's probably my favorite right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you're the uh, second interview we've had in the past few months that's uh, mentioned him. And uh, the other thing I want to mention about him is his numbers don't lie. <laughs> that's no. <for> sure. <laughs> yeah, he got, got some hardware. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, he's got some hardware. Yeah. Okay. And, and finally, Nate, uh, where can people follow you and find out more about everything you're doing with Daniel's sports performance and the book? Great, great. Well, I'll start with the book. Uh, the book, again, So You Want to Be a Pro, you can go on Amazon. You can uh, search the title, So You Want to Be a Pro, or search my name, Nate Daniels, uh, and you can follow on there. I would love for you to get a copy. I love you're going to, I think you're really going to love it. Um, you're going to uh, really impact your young athlete, or even if they're not an athlete, in a positive way. Um, on Instagram, it's at Daniel Sports Performance, um, is my business Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is at Nate one Daniels. Um, so uh, that's, that's that one. And then on Twitter, it's Nathan Daniels DSP. Um, and then Facebook, you know, Daniels sports performance. You can Google that for Facebook. Uh, I think I hit all, all of them, I believe. And then uh, the website is Daniels sports performance. You can Google that and the website for the business will, will pop up as well. Okay, perfect. And we'll put links to all of that stuff in the show notes as well. And uh, Nate, I, I'm totally inspired by everything you've said today. Uh, I'm a huge fan. This is the first time we've met, but uh, I'm looking forward to staying in touch with you and can't, can't thank you enough for being on the episode. I really appreciate you having me. It was an awesome opportunity. It was nice meeting you. And again, I, hopefully we can do it again at some point and we stay in touch. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of highlighting the best of youth sports. Be sure and subscribe and please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. 
If you or someone you know are interested in learning more about Numbers Don't Lie and what we do, what programs and services we offer for athletes, and how to get your athlete involved, be sure to visit numbersdontlie.biz. Until our next episode, go out and win the day and never miss your opportunity to be great. Thanks for listening to Highlighting the Best of Youth Sports.